Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I am so thrilled to be talking with someone that just explained my life to me by the book she wrote. And what do I mean by that is, you know, you heard me talk about the fact that I I dialed a wrong phone number 16 years later, here we are. Um, But what is it about that that doesn't seem so wrong? But if we look at things and we think about the fact, did you already know, Pat, Did you already know that you didn't want to work at the phone company and retire? Did you already know that even though you went back to school, you knew you weren't going to have a career in consulting? Did you already know when you dialed that phone number and pulled out a credit card and bought $10,000 worth of internet-only radio in 2003, did you already know that that was going to be it? I didn't. But after reading, after reading the book by Helen Jacob today, I do know. And what I love about what Helen talks about and what the book is about and what her message is about, it's you already know. But how did she know? How did she know that being successful PR magician How did she know that there was something else for her? How did she know that behind door number two was going to be a destiny that would open up a place of joy inside of her and for the world? Well, when you know something like that, then the next step is your call to share the story and the tools with other people. That's why we're here. That's why in 2010, we gave birth to a network. That's why we did it. Contrary to what anybody else said, we knew we had to do it. But today, I want to introduce you to somebody that could help me with the statement I make all the time, I don't know what I don't know. Helen, it's great to have you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm quite touched at the way you've introduced me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I am... I'm in awe. And there's some days that I don't believe my life and I don't believe what I'm doing. And I don't believe, for example, this year, we've got some great things planned. Let me ask you this question. I've asked this question for people for 16 years. Actually, my folks tell me I'm coming up on 10,000 shows. Mm. What is it about your life? What I've briefly said about this fantastic book. What is it about all of this that points to some of the obstacles and challenges that you had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? 
Oh, that oh, like her, yeah, <laughs> that's that's quite the question. I'm glad we've got a little bit of time to, <laughs> to answer it. <laughs> uh, I, I think my story, uh, it may not be as unique as as perhaps some people think it is. Um, and, you know, my life had a very different trajectory. I thought I was headed on a very different pathway. And when I stopped and realised that there was something else that was pointing me in a different direction and I became very curious about that, uh, it was like life just changed on an axis. Um, and, and, you know, I was so thrilled when I, you know, was looking at how you came to have this network, the fact that you followed your intuition. We all have intuition, uh, but most of us aren't taught to rely on it and trust it or to understand where it's taking us. And I think our world could be very, very different if, if we did. No kidding. I want you to talk for us a bit about, th this is really super important to me, but I want you to talk about the breadcrumbs. And, and, and mm. of course, I'm, I'm, folks don't know this, but I read the books before I interview people. <laughs> I, I, I should have told you that. I should have told you that. But, but I, I want to talk to you about this because this is an expression that I don't, I think I grew up with it. But many people don't know that there is an expression called follow the breadcrumbs. Now, what does that even mean? But it means something very specific to you. And I also believe I had a similar experience. But when you wrote about this, and I, I just want to say this to folks, wait, my world changed dramatically during the early hours of September uh, of 8 September 2001. I got to tell you, I had the same year, 2001. Mm hmm. But your world changed dramatically. Tell us about that. Because, you know, mm. our worlds change all the time. But when we have a dramatic change, that is pivotal. Mm -hmm. So, well, let me paint the scene by explaining I was 19. I don't think I had even turned 20 yet. Um, I was living in my family home and my mum's sister had passed away a few weeks prior um, and this was a Saturday morning for me. I thought I had a, um, an assignment due for my university. I had my part-time job starting around midday and I just thought I was going to treat the day like any other. And actually that is not at all what happened. My recently deceased aunt um, visited me in a dream and I awoke ahead of my alarm clock. It actually went off early. Um, and I described this story in the book. <laughs> For whatever reason, she had Usher play a song through that radio to me um, that described to me that I was, I reminded her of herself. And I thought this was odd <laughs> and just stayed in my logical, rational mind. I thought, no, no, I'm up early. I'll get a start on my assignment. Um, which didn't last long. Before too long, my mother awoke. I asked her, you know, who is this person and what, what is this? And, you know, did my Aunt Kathy have this experience? And I could see my mum's face change thinking, hmm, how do you know these things? And um, it's very difficult for me even now, all these years later, to relay the story without crying. But eventually she essentially took over my body and what I later learned is transmediumship. 
um, and for several hours as other members of my family awoke. Um, I was no longer interacting as Helen. I interacted as Kathy with her Irish accent and all and um, proceeded to have a conversation with my family from her from wherever she was at that time. Um, you know, at 19 with no, what I, I thought was no prior um, experience like this, um, actually really in a lot of grief at the time, you can see why I say it quite dramatically changed yeah. my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, we went on later that day. Obviously, I called in sick to work. Yeah. <laughs> I, was not, I was not going to uh, my retail job that afternoon. And actually, my sister um, was having her, uh, must have been her 18th. Um, maybe I was 20, actually, but her 18th uh, birthday that night with all our family and some family friends. And my mother and I went to see my cousins and relayed the story to them. And it wasn't until I got to the end of the story and I could see the look on my cousin's face change. And I thought, oh my God, I've upset them. This is terrible. And actually they said to me, well, before we went to bed last night, we were talking about why their mum, Kathy, um, didn't say that she loved us more. And actually, it was that moment more than what had happened before that I realized, oh, this could be such a gift for others. Yeah. Um, but I didn't plan on sharing that gift for, well, at all, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then many years later, again, life intervened and had a very different plan for me. You know, and this is what I love about this and I love about the book, because what you're doing here and the work that you do, and, you know, I know you've been on radio, you've been on television, you, you know, uh, people can find out more about you, Helen Jacobs, they can go to your website, they can, they can get the book. But there's something important about what you're doing now that is pivotal in this world of change. And that is for us to honor that voice that comes to us that so wants the very best for us in life, the very best. And, you know, I had a scenario two or three days ago where someone said something to me like, you know, the work that I do, look, you're just not special. People are not special. And I thought, in the friends, in the words of my friend Byron Katie, is that true? <laughs> and I said, no, we are so special. We matter. You know, we have something inside of us. And I think your message, and I'm, I'm going to talk about the book in detail with you here today. But I want to talk about the message, because it is the message that if you put this book in the hand of the hopeless, as well as the hopeful, it is pivotal. It can change them. Because, see, I think we come from a place where we second guess ourselves, where we hide our talents, yeah. or when they get revealed to us, it takes a bold act of courage to move forward, but you did that, mm. right? 
And I want to ask you this question. What made you realize that you knew? That you knew. Now, I know from reading the book, I don't think it like happened in a nanosecond <laughs> and happened overnight. I mean, because I didn't know. I mean, it took mm. me about 10 years to figure out that, you know, something else was going on here. But mm. it took you a process, too. Yes, it was close to seven years. Um, As I've said, I went on and just kind of had a quote unquote normal life. I just wanted to get on with what I was doing beforehand. Um, And you know what, it it took uh, seven or eight years, but I was miserable. I was very unhappy. Um, On paper, I was starting to tick off a lot of the things that my parents, my schooling, society had told me was what life was about. And I was reaching maybe somewhere around 27. And, you know, it's, uh, that's still quite young. But um, at 27, I was looking around thinking, well, I've achieved a lot, but I'm not any happier for it. it it's, not, it's not filling me up. And, you know, I, I think at that time as I was starting to question, well, what's making me unhappy? Why, why do I feel so disconnected? Yeah. Um, that actually I ended up going to see a psychic. (laughs) Um, And I I talk about this in the book. I was raised in a very religious family. Right. um, And, you know, obviously I'd had this very pivotal moment where I thought, well, something, something out there is beyond what I had thought was possible. Um, And I just started asking questions of initially people other than myself who I thought were going to have answers for yeah. me. And inevitably, no matter who or what I asked, it ended up pointing me back to myself. And I realized, okay, well, the only way out of this is to trust these feelings that I've got. And it became an experiment. It really became an experiment in what does this feeling mean and what happens if I act on it? Uh, and then life, once again, took a very, very different turn for me. Yeah. And, you know, I love that we're talking about this. You know, there are many points in the book that I can touch upon, but I want to, I want to get to this one because you and I, I think, forget about our age difference. It doesn't matter. I was a late bloomer. I mean, I came into the game late um, because I was like you, I had a career. I worked my way up from homelessness to executive status Mm. in the phone company. And I was miserable. Something happened to me. I talk about something like that happened in 1990, 1991. Almost everybody I talk to points to like something about those years and then 2001 again. Mm -hmm. And I remember going from the big house and the cars and the big promotions and then being miserable And still getting paid a lot of money for being miserable. (laughs) And I was walking out of the house one day and I looked in the mirror and I was unrecognizable. And in the book, and, and this is what I'm leading up to for you to share. See, I thought that was one of many, now that I look back, spiritual awakenings I had had. was not a yoga practice person, did not meditate. But it was a a glance in the mirror at myself, unrecognizable. I was shocked. I was sad. You know, it was like, how did I get here? 
And you had a spiritual awakening. And I know in the field you were in and PR. <laughs> sometimes not looking, commonplace. <laughs> ah, I saying, sometimes looking in a mirror, that's a hard thing to do. But your spiritual awakening, and you've had many, if people that read your book, and for those of you just tuning in, I'm talking with Helen Jacobs in the book, as you already know. Um, what did they feel like for you, these spiritual awakenings? And did you have one, just like on, on that day, for me, I went into work and I became a crazy person. I mean, I really did. I became like, I refused to implement things. So that was that. <laughs> How about you? Well, I think I have had a series of awakenings. I think um, that we all do actually. And probably that very first awakening um, speaking generally is usually, um, you know, it, it's before maybe we've started yoga and meditation or working with energy and crystals or whatever it is that, that we're turning to. Um, it usually is that we've been in some um, illusion uh, or illusionary life. And then we realize um, in the book, I say, it's like looking at a magic picture, you know, the 3D yeah. or there's yeah. two forms and then you see it a different way. And I can't unsee that now. You can't unsee um, it right, I can't unsee that now. And oh, this means I have to rethink how I thought everything works. Um, so that was very much what happened after the visitation from my aunt. But as I said, I tried to ignore it. And that got me so far. And um, I think I only touched on this briefly in the book. But, you know, with hindsight, I, I don't think I was the uh, most pleasant of people. I uh, don't think that my bosses probably appreciated my behaviour in the in in the PR agency I worked in at the time. Um, but I, you know, I, I try to have compassion for myself. I was trying to figure a lot of things out, and and I think that at various stages of that awakening, um, it can feel like being in a in a darkened place. It can feel very isolating. It can feel like we're disconnected. Certainly. Um, We've both spoken about misery. We can feel um, just quite despondent and disillusioned with life. And I think that that's a very um, a delicate place to be because that doesn't always end up um, happily for people. Sometimes that can take us under. Um, uh, and so at you know, there are other points, other awakenings that I've had. I do believe they become a bit easier over time too, that we start to recognize, oh, I know this feeling. Right, <laughs> and I know exactly. what worked last time or even what didn't work last time. Right. And I've been very fortunate to bring in a lot of um, people, but I also work a lot with the world of spirit that um, I feel like I have a lot of people in my corner. If I don't recognize it, someone else will along the way too not quite sure if I'm managing to answer your question you or did not. I love that you're okay, talking great. about something not in your book because mm -hmm. you see I knew there's something to talk about even though it's not in the book I mm -hmm. just knew because you can't write a book <laughs> like this Helen you can't write a book like this without having gone through look people go through these things mm -hmm. but you went through them and then wrote this brilliant book you already know as a book of stories, yes, but as a book of guidance, 
as you know, you don't say, look, when you get to the chapter on, you know, like follow that thread, you don't say that that's like tool number six, but it is, <laughs> it is that. Mm-hmm. And, and though you're talking though with us about how the stories of your life have led you there, because this follow that thread is so important mm-hmm. and yet so scary so scary (laughs) it's like i'll tell you what it's like Mm -hmm. i used to go crabbing when i was in my 20s living in new jersey on the east coast i used to like to go crabbing right Mm -hmm. i loved it i loved to crab and then i would you know cook and crabs right and i remember going crabbing and it was the best thing it was crabbing at night And, you know, I knew for sure this was the coolest thing on the planet. And we all went crabbing and and I, I went down and this is old school crabbing. It's like you see the crab and you work with the crab, right? You don't throw the thing down and catch a bunch of crabs and call that crabbing. This is like you actually talk to the crab. You, you work with Mm. the crab. And I remember crabbing. And I was having this conversation with the crab. I, I'm telling you, I was having mm-hmm. a conversation with this crab and I was telling it how I appreciate, I mean, seriously, this was me in my twenties <laughs> and, you know, and I wasn't high and I, it, but, but I was doing this with the crab. Mm-hmm. And I swore I felt the energy of the crab. And my friend comes along and says, Patty, you have been working that crab for 30 minutes. Have you noticed the crab did not move? And I said, no, I've been talking. I know the." And they said, that crab is dead. That is a dead crab. <laughs> and, and I said, that crab can't be dead. I can feel it. <sighs> My friend said, I'm going to show you that crab is dead. Flip that crab over. That crab was so dead. <laughs> and and here's, here's the reason I'm sharing it. Because I'm reading your book, and there are many instances of this, where the people around us will tell us that we're not part of another level of consciousness, mm. that yeah, I look back at that now, and that's a pretty funny dang story. But I'm telling you, yes. in the moment, I was talking to that crab, Ellen. <laughs> I was. <laughs> but every day, and there are stories in your book where you cannot see something. But isn't part of the message that you're bringing into the world so needed now that we are just so not following the thread? Mm. Well, firstly, I suspect you were still talking to that dead crab. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's why I brought it up I knew you'd appreciate it because I was yeah (laughs) stranger things have happened um yes I I think that um part of the awakening is actually shifting our awareness and our perception to the idea that there is more than what we can see and touch and physically interact with I also talk about in the book that not every one else, even the people that we love and cherish, respect and admire in our life, are privy to our soul path. And so it's 
you know, uh, at times we want to ask for advice and ideas and opinions from, from those around us, but unless they actually know and understand why our soul has chosen to be here, the, the lessons and the decisions and the experiences that our soul is here to um, experience in this lifetime, it is really a case of the blind leading the blind. Um, and instead, when we start to come back to trust ourselves and we start to realize that there is, you know, a thread leading us forward or some sort of divinely guided uh, breadcrumbed pathway in front of us, if we start looking for those signs or signposts, the path that is ours and not our parents or not my employers or, you know, the schooling or society or culture, the path that is mine starts to come into much sharper and clearer focus and it shifts our um, it shifts us into needing to be in connection with ourselves to start to question what is this bigger power? What is this that's guiding me? And actually very similar to <laughs> your liaison with the crab <laughs> is actually feeling like we can be in communion with something that we're not so familiar with and potentially risking looking foolish in the process. Yeah, that's like an understatement for the story of my life. <laughs> um, Helen, we're going to take a short break. And when we mm -hmm. come back, we're going to talk about the lessons. Mm, yes. Of let's. course, I went to that chapter. <laughs> we're going to talk about the lessons. But it's just one part of a fantastic book. Because here's the thing that I want to say to everybody about Helen and her work. And that is, in the world we live in, you may question yourself or you may question the job you're in or what other people say about how you look, what you wear, but there is a knowing. And in Helen's words, you already know. That's the name of her fabulous book. If you want to find out more about her, go to the website, helenjacobs.co. Did I get that right? You sure did. But there's more there than just the book. Of course, you can take a look at the book. You'll find out more about her check out our podcast, how you can work with her, all of the above. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about the lessons. And why, is the, why are these lessons important? Here's what it is. Have I learned the lesson of staying true, following the threads, making the decision, launching the things that are in my heart, despite what the outside world looks like? How do we get that done and make sure we don't step in the same pothole? And even if we do, we know how to get that jackhammer and get our way out. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered what your pets think about? Do you know what your pets are saying to you? Dr. Monica will be your pet's translator to help you understand what your pets are trying to communicate to you. Enhance the bond with your furry friends on Pets Talk with pet communicator Dr. Monica each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Dr. Monica, visit PetCommunicator.com. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Yeah. 
Check us out at drpatcho.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh, my goodness. Are you tired of being tired? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know the adrenal glands, the workhorse of the body? They are the means by which you position yourself in life for whatever comes your way. Tiny but mighty, producing hormones the body uses to promote energy and vitality. These adrenals determine how you respond to stress, and when depleted, the body loses its ability to function powerfully when we need it most. The much-needed adrenaline or epinephrine is not available for emergency situations. Cortisone and cortisol, the longer-acting anti-stress adrenal hormones, can also become depleted due to the pace of our everyday lives. We overwork and undernutrition our most powerful ally that helps us to live the lives we desire. We are able to determine the optimum function of the adrenals and put your system back in balance. Contact us today to feel powerfully energized at 888-777-4232 or visit us at maryjanemack.com. What would you do with the power of community? How do you create your own rituals? Tune in to Living Your Gifts with me, Susan Huff, Ancient Applications for Modern Times, the second Wednesday of each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Our lives begin with the stories we are told and the stories we tell ourselves. Storytelling is the key. To learn more about me, visit LivingYourGifts.com. That's livingyourgifts.com. The knowledge book currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truth, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in the knowledge book, visit usa.thenowledgebook.net and tune in to the Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Helen Jacobs joining me here today. Like, uh, So the book, as I said before, you already know. Um, and this is more than a book that you'd pick up and have a sense of intuition. This is really a practical guide. But more than that, it's also about understanding the power that you have within you. And, you know, the power that you have within you to do things that you wouldn't think that you could do. Do you ever wonder why you took a left and not a right? Do you ever wonder why you decided to create a ruckus and get fired from that job? Well, there's a lot of answers in the book. Um, Helen, I gave out the website. Could you just remind everybody about that and also mention about your podcast, too? Oh, sure. Um, well, thank you. The website is helenjacobs.co, so .co. Uh, and I share a lot over there, the podcast, but also some freebies if people are interested in trying to understand their intuition. The podcast that I run is called The Guided Collective, and I turn up every, what is Australian time, Monday morning, <laughs> uh, and, and give uh, a bit of an overview as to the collective energy themes and topics that we'll be exploring exploring each week. So um, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun rather than the one-on-one work. It's something where I can take this message to a lot of people and hopefully help a lot of people um, with that message. Yeah. And here's the one I like. So when you go over there and you check out the podcast, like go look at the one, the one when to act on a sign and how to spot one, because that's Mm. what we're going to talk about now. Not Mm. everything we see is a sign and there are lessons we learn. along the way. Um, first of all, 
I want to spend a minute with you talking about the book, because from my perspective, it is a great book of stories, but it is, it is a practical toolkit in so many ways. I want to just ask you before we talk about the lessons, um, what was the most important thing that came to you that perhaps changed you in when you were writing the book? Because I can't believe you would write a book like that and not be changed. Gee, you have some great questions for me, Dr. Pat. <laughs> I, I know they send me the questions, but there are other questions I have. Oh, I like these. Read the book. Um, look, I think when I sat down to write the book, I actually wrote it in six months. And I think I wrote it a few times over in that six months. For me, what happened in writing the book is, um, ironically, I wrote a book called You Already Know. But as I wrote the book, it actually took what I knew from knowledge and it began to integrate things um, in a very new and different way for me. There were a lot of tears. There are particular stories that I share in the book that, you know, I certainly shed a few tears over in writing and then editing and and rereading. Yeah. <laughs> um, I even got emotional sharing one of them today, many, many years after the event. Yeah. Um, so it it kind of, I don't know, in writing this book, I realised it gave me an opportunity to look back over the breadcrumbs. It gave me an opportunity to look at um, so much of what had been predicted for me ahead of time was actually now here and happening and real. And I've found and still find that like my, my brain just can't wrap its, itself around how yeah. life could actually really be working. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it still surprises me. And I do this for a living now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think part of it showed up for me when I was reading the story about um, what was it called? The gift and challenge. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because that signature question, that question I've been asking for 16 years is out of my own history. It's every challenge I've ever had has helped shape me in a way, an accelerated way, meaning I, I'm sure I would have gotten there maybe 10 lifetimes from now, <laughs> but I've been fired from every job I've ever had. Okay. So mm -hmm. you know, there are things though, that we learn. How have you discovered helping people know that, yeah, it may be a tough thing you're going through. Mm -hmm but there really might be a rainbow. Um, firstly, when you're in the challenge, um, we don't always want to hear that. No, my God, no, uh, no. I, I threw yeah. something at somebody that said that to me. <laughs> right. no, and so, yes, I do. And sometimes yeah. I am the person that people want to throw something <laughs> at. <laughs> so wow. I, I can understand it from both sides. Um, I, I think if we have, uh, if it's the very first challenge where we're questioning, could there be something more happening here? Uh, that becomes, um, you know, we, we might want to be the person throwing something at someone in, in that moment. If we're talking about subsequent moments where, or we've started asking that question between the really big challenges or we've started to use hindsight to look back 
before we use it as a tool um, moving forward. We actually can, my hope is that we can start to elevate our perception of ourselves. You know, of course we are human beings and as humans living in this world, we are programmed to see things in a certain way. And if we're only ever viewing life through that lens, of course we're not going to believe that life is working for us. Of course we're not going to believe that, you know, there is a silver lining in this um, trauma or pain or challenge that we've experienced. As we have these spiritual awakenings, as we start to open our awareness, we start to work with maybe our energy, our belief system, we, my hope is that we start to have a different perspective over things. And for me, working with the world of spirit and seeing things from their perspective, it, it, we start to see like a bird's eye view. And we start to understand that there are so many other things that are happening that actually this challenge is leading, you know, we're, we're, I use the analogy in the book of a magic car and that maybe we're picking up passengers or dropping off passengers, we're getting rid of luggage or we have to take the scenic route. Um, and we don't always know why the, the car or life is making these, you know, decisions on our behalf. Um, whether or not we ever get to a point in this lifetime and it becomes also a challenge then to think, oh, well, I might not ever know the reason until a right. future lifetime. Um, but I've mentioned we have a human self. I do believe we also have our spiritual self or our soul self. And that is the part of us that does already know. And yeah. so it has that patience. It has yeah. the, the foresight, the bigger picture. I mean, you know, I, I could take this out probably really quite esoteric, but our soul has had many, many lifetimes uh, and without trying to diminish a situation that a listener or, or even you or I may be in right now, to our soul, it really is just another, almost a blip on a very, very long yeah. um, trajectory. Um, so... Yeah, as we're using the tools like yoga or meditation, in the book I talk about journaling or pulling oracle yeah. cards, having fun, actually spending time in nature. These are tools that help us to gain that perspective um, where we're looking for how things might link up differently. Yeah, I I'll tell you what, I was struck by a number of things in your book, and I think they all lead to the chapter of alchemy, I think, but I want to hear your perspective on it. Mm -hmm. um, I remember a phrase in the book, knowing isn't living. I think, mm -hmm. uh, am I misquoting you? But I know I, I read it in the book. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was in the part about purpose. Um, and this mm -hmm. has been an interesting journey for me. I bet as it's been for you, I get the sense for you as well. Yes. And, you know, because I did an interview the other day and I'm going to be doing more interviews. Usually I'm on this side of it. So I'm now starting to see what it's like to be where you're sitting right now. Uh -huh. <laughs> and someone introduced me and honestly, I was on a panel and I thought they were introducing my panel member. Mm -hmm. We, they went through and they did the introduction and it was clearly a purposeful introduction as if this thing they were saying was so orchestrated, so systemic, systematic, you know, so strategically invoked. <laughs> I didn't think it was me because first I don't <laughs> see myself like that. Right. <laughs> but the thing that got me was when she said, 
And now let me introduce you to the world's premier pioneer of positive media. Mm. I thought it was my friend and she said my name. Mm. And I thought, how? I mean, I did. I thought, how? I didn't think, yeah, this is great. I'm glad to be here. I just, the thing that hit me was, how did that happen? Mm. And when she talked about it, it seemed so uh, methodical. And so does your book. It seems like this is the method. This is the practice. But in order for you to orchestrate something like this, just like for us in building the network, you know, we've got 10 channels coming out with new technology for the 4th of July. Amazing. Um, it is amazing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how I got to the place or the person she was talking about because I don't see myself. Mm -hmm. But you now are, you are the bookmark. You are the bookmark for you mm -hmm. already know. You're that. <sighs> you are that person. But yet people need to know, just like I didn't even know I was being introduced, mm -hmm. your life's journey and what you're sharing is a bold move. Mm -hmm. Because what you're saying is different than what has been said in the past, that only mm -hmm. select few can be like this. You oh, know, my goodness. Yeah, You are saying we are all like this, but you're also asking us to take the bold move. Tell us about that. Well... Thank you. I, I'm still just letting that sink in what you've just said, probably in a similar way as the person who introduced you. <laughs> um, but the, the um, message here that you've touched on, sometimes, you know, I, I can feel this passion stirring up in me because I cannot tell you how many times, particularly in the beginning, when I started to, to share with family and friends, and then I, I established a business that, you know, oh, I, I don't know how I'm doing this, but I I can work as a psychic. There are things that I know. Let, let me share them with you. And inevitably, people would say, oh, was this something passed down from your mother or is this something that your grandmother did? And, you know, and I actually became quite frustrated by it because, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, if we dug a little deeper, maybe we would see some threads there. Um, but, you know, they weren't practising psychics or spiritualists in... Uh, quite the opposite, actually. Um, this is something that every single human is born with. And, you know, I do think that it's part of my life's work, part of the purpose I'm here to share is to remind people that we even have this ability. Yeah. That's my first hope is that people just start to question, well, what would happen if I followed my intuition? Right. Um, and then I think once we actually start following it, there is a lot that starts to unfold. And I have 80,000 words that, that help hopefully to explain that process. I think to touch on something else that you said there is, you know, I, I described um, or you mentioned that my background was in PR and marketing. Yeah. Um, I'm trained as a journalist. So I have um, a lot at that time, a very methodical approach to life as a journalist. I was trained to ask a lot of questions. I was taught no question is silly, always ask the question. So I was naturally quite a curious person anyway. But I think part of the reason, you know, that I, I almost had to learn this the hard way 
is because when I saw, okay, well, if I'm going to start with giving psychic readings, uh, I have a PR and marketing background. I'll just develop a marketing plan. I know how to start a business. I've, I've helped many businesses, you know, have publicity or, or um, sales. No problem. I've, I can do this. And it never worked. Anytime yep. my human self attempted to control or manipulate the trajectory, yep. um, life, my spirit guides, who I talk about quite a lot in the book, um, would very quickly come back and put me back in my place and say, <laughs> this is not going to happen yeah. this way. Yeah. And so to the point before, you know, over a decade later, later in writing the book and looking back, I ended up, and there's still more to come, of course, but I've reached this pivotal moment. I share in the book, I knew that there was a book. I've known since I was a child there would be at least one book I would write. But none of it was, I didn't go searching for uh, a publisher. I I didn't go looking for, you know, um, ways to build the business. I just did the thing that was immediately in front of me, that my intuition and my spirit guide said, this is your next step. And quite often it felt like I was zigzagging and my brain said, but the the clearer pathway here is over here. (laughs) And and, And I will also say, many times on the floor in tears saying to my husband why why do I keep choosing to do it this way being so confused and and oftentimes quite angry with life thinking why why do I keep doing this it would be easier the other way and then just around the corner is the next breakthrough or the next milestone it's like or the next resource that that is totally it Mm -hmm. it is totally that thing and maybe it is getting to that point of surrender right that's not the word i i I use that often Mm -hmm. but it's at the point where you are facing yourself and asking Mm -hmm. yourself that question for real right We may be asking our friends and our relatives. And the minute I do that and I'm thinking, man, you know, my friends look at me and like we just moved into new office space, built a new studio over the weekend we came in, put in new technology that Mm -hmm. Zach is using today. We've got a whole new platform, a database structure, a system being developed for 10 positive talk channels. We're going to redefine podcasting and not do them by category. We're going to do them by channel and our app and also our front end. And and then we came up with a new idea. <laughs> we can, I'm not kidding. Uh my, I've told this story before. Jessica and I were asked to come down. I was asked to be in a movie, a music video uh, to end gun violence. And wow. so I didn't know like the music video was with John Legend. So now I find out I'm in this music video. But on the way back, we were so touched by this, you know, like emotional. And we looked at each other and we and I said, Jessica, I'm different. I feel different. And she said, I feel different. I said, we have to do more. We have to create something else. You know, I said, I'm hearing that we have to create something else. You know, not maybe bigger and better, but something else. We have to do that. We are the people. And she looked at me and she said, what is it? I said, it's AI for the soul. Oh. 
we're going to create AI for the soul. Now, clearly there are people that have heard me talk about it and have some idea. They think they know what we're going to create, but man, we've got to create something which gives people insight to their knowing that validates their knowing. Do you understand? Like I, I absolutely do. And Dr. Pat, let's just chat again because I've been receiving a similar message that, yeah, I would love to chat to you more about uh, that. We're gonna let's let's get yes. on a call because <laughs> when I picked up your book, mm. see, I think this is this book here. This was my sign, and I remember Jessica, uh, excuse me, Linda. She held up the book. I said, "Yes, I've got to interview her. I've got we've got to talk to her." And she said, well, she doesn't live here. And I said, well, I don't know, like Zoom lives everywhere. Because when I read through the book, there's no way that we cannot do this. We, we did focus groups with our people. We're going to do crowdfunding to raise funds for it. We have a sense of what it is. We're not going to collect people's personal information because we don't need it to give them answers. And, you know, how on an airplane back but if we don't do it if this is something that i don't do it's just not going to feel right do you know what i mean but, but yet <laughs> yes. everybody around me is like are you kidding girl you know mm. come on mm -hmm. get yourself a house on the beach and and i tell me now this in these last minutes we have mm. You talk about in the flow. How can we help people hold on, maybe get a seatbelt, but hold on and enjoy the ride and trust the alchemy? Mm. I mean, I think sometimes it is through trial and error. If we start, and I talk about starting small, you know, just try something small and see how it pans out. You and I are both talking today. We didn't realize that's what we've been doing with most of our respective lives. But actually, we just started with something small and it, it, there was enough proof that our logical mind went, hmm, I think there's something to this. I'll try this again. And of course, what you're describing is the stakes feel like they get bigger and bigger because now there are potentially more to lose or a, a bigger potential for um, perceived failure or something like that. Right? Yeah. Um, I think we have to become really brave in asking the questions of ourselves. I think we also have to understand and, and your um, story then I think highlights this really well is that what you are being told to bring through, to share, to offer as a purpose to the world is not the same thing that the people around you are necessarily being told. There, there are other people, for example, um, you know, to someone else is making videos and music and someone else is being told to bring through something else, That's which right. means that we're all important no matter what scale we uh, seem to be contributing it doesn't matter if it's one person or, or 100 million. It's all important. So we have to be brave. We have to be able to ask the questions. And then we have to develop that element of proof for ourselves. So when it comes to the big thing, oh, I have to make a huge life pivot again, we've practiced on the smaller things of you know, 
seemingly mundane what do I eat today or do I keep this appointment or do I do I say yes to a music video <laughs> or, I, uh, or in my case go play ping pong right okay that's go, what go I do play ping pong. <laughs> that, <laughs> Please, excuse that'd me. be me they don't right. call me ping pong patty for nothing <laughs> <laughs> and yet you keep doing it because you know the good stuff comes out yeah. of it and and not only are we all intuitive, but we all have these unique quirks and idiosyncrasies that make us who we are. I think it's a darn shame if we're ignoring them, trying to be someone else. I agree. But isn't that what your book is helping us with, though? I hope so. It, it is. It really is. Because, you know, I got through it and I was really, really clear about a couple of things, right? Marvelous. Um, one of them was... I can't point to a time in my life when I've followed that, whatever you want to call it, that gut reaction, the intuition, that it didn't turn out perfectly, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I cannot point to a single time, even with the dead crab, just saying. <laughs> um, but you've given us this beautiful roadmap for this in, in, a, in a very amazing way. And had you not gone through the life changes or the life experiences, you wouldn't have done that either. I mean, I think your guidance will is brilliant. I hope you'll come back and we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to thank you for this and thank you for what you're giving to the world. Um, last question. I'd love to know your personal message, what you'd like to leave us with today. And please make sure you give the website out. Tell folks how they can get the book and also mm -hmm. how they can listen to your podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so thrilled to have been here. Thank you so much for having me here. I think the message I want people to know is that you are being guided uh, and your job is to pay attention. Uh, if you want to know more about that, I would love for you to come over to helenjacobs.co the podcast is called The Guided Collective. We're definitely on iTunes and on Spotify. You'll find it at my website as well. Um, and I'd love for people to reach out. I want to keep having this conversation and person by person, we'll, we'll set us all on a different path. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, for those of you out there, the book is called You Already Know. And not only does this assure you that you do, but it helps you remember how to assure yourself that you already know. Thank you so much, Helen, for today. It's awesome. All thank right. you so much. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. Zach, for pushing all the right buttons and for all of you for being the amazing folks you are. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.